In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Today we're celebrating All Saints Day. On this day we thank God for all of those people who have died in the faith and all of those people who still live in the faith. Today we celebrate those whom John saw in the book of Revelation. St. John actually saw a glimpse of all those who, would God, who God would make into his saints. And recalling this revelation by the power of the Holy Spirit, he wrote, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every tribe, from every nation, from all peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and they were crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. John was seeing a glimpse of heaven. He was seeing the people that would be there, the saints of God. And he also saw God's holy angels who were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they all together fell on their faces before the throne. You could see the gratefulness before God. And they were saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to God forever and ever. Amen. The angels and the saints were singing together the hymn that we know today as this is the feast. The saints were singing, or rather we, are singing a part of the eternal liturgy. Our, little, our liturgy echoes the praises of heaven that will be sung for eternity. But who are these saints that are dressed in the white robes around the throne? This is the question that's posed to John. Who are the saints of God? And they, are they people that lived exceptionally good lives here on earth? Are they the saints that we recognize in the church here, like St. John or St. Peter? One of the elders in John's vision told him, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These saints were made the way that they are by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus alone makes saints. It is by Jesus, the living word, that their filthy rags of righteousness were made as white as snow. The saints pictured in Revelation are not gathered around the throne of God and around the Lamb because they've earned a special spot by all the good things that they did in this life. It is by grace that they are standing there. Our Lutheran confessions echo this reality. It says, God's word is the treasure that makes everything holy. 
God's word. By it, all saints have themselves been made holy. They didn't do it themselves. God's word did it for them. At whatever time that God's word is taught, preached, heard, read, or even pondered, there, the person, the day, the work, it's hallowed. Not on account of external works, not because we decided to read the Bible, but on account of the word that makes us all saints. Did you hear that? God's word, it makes you into a saint. It's hard to believe. That's why it takes the Holy Spirit. God's word mixed with water and baptism made us saints. More than that, it made us God's children. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Christ himself is the white robe of all the saints. And in baptism, you have been clothed in that saintly robe. You have been washed in the blood of the Lamb and your filthy robe of sin. It has been taken off and it's been replaced with the holy, righteous robe of Christ's love for the Father and for the world. In fact, your search for self-interest is replaced with the interests of God, which is the love of your, of your neighbor. You do not remember that day that John saw, but you know what? In Christ, you were there. And I pray that you never lose faith or never take off the robe that was put upon you on the day of your baptism, the day that God called you his own. If you stray from the word that is stray from Jesus, it is possible to lose faith. But may this never happen to any of us. God protect us from this. In his epistle, John ponders the love that God has for us. He writes, see what kind of love the Father has given us that we, we should be called the children of God. And so we are. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be, it has not yet appeared. But we, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Just seeing the fullness of Jesus will make us like him. We will not know this full reality until we reach heaven. But as we wait, we can prepare ourselves. John writes, everyone who thus hopes, hopes in that day of heaven, purifies himself as he is pure. And how do we purify ourselves? Is it by getting a daily devotion time set? Is it by making sure that we pray six times a day? Is it by, out of guilt, doing good to that person over there? 
That's not how you purify yourself. Jesus prayed in John 17, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. We are purified as we remain in God's word. The very words of Jesus purify us. They sanctify us. They make us presentable to the Father. Think of the word of Jesus. I forgive you all of your sins. That word does exactly what it says. It wipes away all sin from within you. It sanctifies you. It makes you righteous before the Father. These words not only make us presentable, they bind us to Jesus. They help us, they make our identity in him. You can say, who are you? I often say, I'm a Detroit Tigers fan. I identify with that. But my real identity isn't in any of the things that I identify with in the world. It is in the one who loves me so much that he shed his blood for me. And I only see him and I know him and I grasp who he is by reading his word, hearing his word. In the Beatitudes, Jesus described a group of people. He's describing the saints of God here. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, when I read these things, I don't think, well, these are things I need to work on. I think, well, they are. (laughs) But I think we are in trouble. Because these words condemn each of us. Without Jesus, we are all in trouble as we read this list. But with Jesus, there is hope. As Jesus teaches us these Beatitudes, he is speaking of the saints in the, king, in the third person. But he speaks this way until he gets to the last Beatitude. In this one, he says, blessed are you. When others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets before you. In this beatitude, Jesus is speaking in the second person. Why is this? The third person and then the second person. Well, in all of these beatitudes... He is speaking about himself in these descriptions. Think about it. 
Jesus is the only one who is poor in spirit. St. Paul writes that Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God as something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus had everything, everything that we strive for, and he gave it all up so that we could have something that we never even knew to strive for. In him is the kingdom. In him is heaven. And he became poor for you. He is truly poor in spirit. Only in Jesus are we considered that way. In Jesus, we mourn together over with those who mourn. Outside of Jesus, we tend to only mourn for selfish things. Why is this happening to me? In Jesus, we are meek. We are approachable as he is. We're not proud. We're not haughty. People can come and talk to us. Outside of Jesus, that's exactly what we are, proud and haughty. He purifies us with his body and blood, which he not only shed for us on the cross, but delivers to us in the sacrament. And with that, we are formed into his image. In Jesus, we are merciful. As we pray in the Lord's Prayer, we forgive people who sin against us. We don't act as though we've never sinned against anybody else. We recognize that we sin daily. We need forgiveness, and we know others do too. So in Jesus, we forgive as we've been forgiven. We cannot truly forgive outside of him, because outside of Jesus, we're too worried about whether or not we're getting our fair share. And you know what? Jesus alone was persecuted for righteousness' sake. He was persecuted and killed because of the claims that he had that he is the Son of God. He alone is righteous. But in baptism, we have put on that righteous person. Through faith in him, we are made into what he is. In Jesus, together with him, the saints of God are described in the Beatitudes. Now, the reason he separated himself from us on the last Beatitude is because these are the things that we suffer for knowing him. These are the things that, though he will be with us through, we will suffer. He suffered once for all on account of who he is. He paid for our sins on the cross. We suffer for knowing him, for proclaiming him in truth, in purity. As I look before me today, I see a shadow of what St. John saw 
in the book of Revelation. I see a group of people gathered around the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I see a group of people who know in part what they will one day know in full. I see a people whom God will shelter with his presence. I see people who shall hunger no more, who shall thirst no more. The sun will not strike you by day, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne, he will be your shepherd. He will guide you to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from your eye. This is a beautiful thing. St. Louis wrote once that if we were able to see a glimpse of what is to come, we'd be tempted to bow down and worship the person standing before us. That's how beautiful you will be. Without spot, without wrinkle, without any such thing, holy before the Lord. We all have loved ones who have died in the faith, whom are already gathered around the Lamb in the vision that John saw. We celebrate their lives of faith, and we look forward to that day when we have a place beside them. And when we get to be in the full presence of God and the Lamb forever, what a day of rejoicing that will be. In the name of Jesus. Amen.